let's go to the normal state chrysler jeep dodge ram hotline uh and bring in barry shuck who is a you know one of the top writers over at dogsbynature.com um and uh which is a site uh, with with sb nation also uh, a member of the professional football researchers association um awesome to have you again to you know continue our conversation how you doing today barry i'm doing great how about yourself I'm doing very well, doing very well. You know, I've been thinking about a lot what we talked about uh, last week. And, you know, we we, the Cleveland Browns um, are one of the more unique, I I would say, one of the more unique uh, franchises in in the history of the game um, just by some of the the things that they have that no other team has. You know, Um, the fact that the helmet has no logo, the fact that um, there's there's been a lot of things steeped in tradition and myth. Uh, in, in terms of the logo and the colors and all these different things. And last week we were talking about it is, is you know, when Paul Brown, um, the architect of so many different innovations in this league, um, you know, became, you know, a, a coach of the Cleveland Browns. Um, he, you know, had a, a different logo and different things like that. Um, and I've always well, I wanted to know, because people out here always say, hey, I think that the the brownie elf is one of the coolest uh, logos uh, out. Um, why, you know, how did that come about in the history of the, of the logo, and and why did that kind of get phased out a little bit as well? Okay, well, the Cleveland entry in the new NFL rival league, the All American Football Conference, began in 1946, and the uh, the Cleveland team was owned by Mickey McBride who hired Paul Brown as his head coach. Now, at first, they were called the Panthers, and then later the Browns. But that's another story for another day. Coach uh, Paul Brown was the one who built the Browns organization piece by piece from scratch. He made 95% of all the decisions. Before their maiden season of 1946, McBride wanted something that personified what his new pro football franchise was. He wanted his own emblem or logo that would make his team marketable and and improve the team's visibility. Because after all, the Browns were the new kid in town in a brand new league. However, exactly what image does the Browns conjure up that could be used to market the team? Now, think about it, Garrett. The name Browns evokes images of the Junior Girl Scouts or something fudgy with walnuts added, or Steeler fans will quickly explain the logo should be a pile of dog poop. Now, maybe the only thing left for McBride to do was to use a logo of Paul Brown's face. But McBride either knew about or discovered a folklore creature called a brownie. Now, there are many folklore spiritual beings, pixies, fairies, elves, sprites, hobgoblins, trolls, brownies, ogres, gnomes, leprechauns, and dwarfs. Each of these beings had their own specifications, such as what they ate, the clothes they wore, where they lived, their traits and personalities, but more importantly, their purpose. They were... uh, uh, They were invented mostly by Europeans for specific reasons. You take the ogre, for example. They are believed to uh, live under bridges and were their protectors. 
say you're in your horse and buggy and cross a wooden bridge when you remember that your wagon is missing a few boards. After you cross the bridge, you stop and pry up a few planks. Now, if you thought a ferocious giant ogre would come out and tear your arms out of your socket, whose favorite meal was horse meat, you might be more inclined to continue on your way and find your scrap wood somewhere else. Do you see, Garrett, how the Europeans uh, worked on the psyche goes? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the it's subliminal. It's like a you know cer- certain type of messaging, and it just goes into I guess the subconscious of, of the people who are who are listening to it. Right. So uh, what a brownie is is a folklore creature invented in the 16th century around Scotland and Northern England. Brownies live in houses and are never seen. They work and live alone. They were invented to encourage children and servants to complete their chores. They come out at night and help out with chores. This was a way for parents to get chores completed with unruly kids or maybe difficult hired help. If they started a chore and was lazy about finishing then woke up and saw that a portion of it was completed, they would be more likely to finish the task knowing that they had some help plus the mystique that some little creature was watching them work. Now, brownies were good-natured, and they had brown hair. That was something that was not common in countries where the brownie was located, as the people generally had red or black hair. Now, elves, on the other hand, were invented in the 1500s and lived in caves. The origins of the elves are not the cute and cuddly characters that the Keebler cartoons distort. Elves were mean. They were evil. They were portrayed as, as immortal and having magical powers. Now, McBride was a Chicago native and a huge Notre Dame football fan. The school, of course, has had that uh, fighting Irish mascot cartoon, which is his pint-sized, mean-looking, ready-to-fight leprechaun. Garrett, you've seen this logo, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it, it's probably one of the most recognizable uh, logos in, in, I guess, the entire sports landscape. Absolutely. And after considerable and careful consideration, because after all, this new logo would represent his football franchise, McBride discussed with Paul Brown about doing a cartoon of a brownie as their logo. Well, every team in the NFL at the time and then the new AAFC had some sort of logo, and most were drawings or cartoons. Like, like the New York football giants, they had that huge quarterback coming out of the stadium. The San Francisco 49ers used a, a six-gun shooting cowpoke. The Bears had a black bear sitting on top of the football. Well, Garrett, even the Cleveland Indians even had Chief Wahoo with his huge smiling head on top of a, a smaller body with bat in hand. So teams at the time and even today used drawings and cartoons. Now, let's, let's back up a bit. When Paul Brown was the head coach of Maslin High School Tigers in the late 1930s and into the early 1940s, he won six Ohio State championships. Their logo was a tiger named Obi, who was wearing a hat and a big shirt, holding a football in his left hand while sticking out his right hand for a stiff arm. 
Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm all too familiar with the Maslin Tigers as a McKinley Bulldog, but we, we, Obi is, uh, you know, he's not a, the fondest mascot in the history of the game, but we, we shall go on with the story. <laughs> yeah, well, Obi, with his hat and his shirt and holding in the football in his left hand and stiff arm in the right hand, that's exactly what what Brownie is. Officially, Obi became Maslin's uh, logo in 1940. Well, Paul Brown's last season with Maslon was 1940. Paul Brown had wanted everything the Browns touched to be his creation. Obie became Brownie. And in doing so, it would be Paul Brown deciding how the logo should look and not McBride. He ran the franchise like it was his own and then funneled his idea about Obi to McBride. Now, when Paul Brown won his first state championship, there was a masculine artist by the name of A.D. Small who was commissioned to craft a huge plaque given to Coach Brown. Small drew and created Obi. So with the tie-ins there with Paul Brown, Small drew and created Brownie. That is a that that's a crazy that's a fascinating story. I mean, even going back to um, this just made it, um, you know, the folklore involved with the the thought process of going into that uh, um, Browns uh, elf. Now, once they created the the Browns uh, elf and and that was the logo, um, how often um, did they use this? Um, When did it become like instituted? And then how did it, it, it get phased out uh, as the Browns uh, organization moved on throughout the, uh, you know, the decades? Excellent questions. Brownie made his first appearance in a newspaper ticket ad for the 1946 season opener against the Miami Seahawks at old Cleveland Municipal Stadium. In the ad was the expression, a world premiere for Cleveland, the Brownies are coming. As that first season rolled along, renderings of Brownie was a regular feature in the Cleveland Plain Dealer sports pages by their in-house artist, Dick Dugan. If the club won, Brownie was shown happy and with a huge groan, but a loss would display him as beaten up and often with a black eye. Now, in 1953, Brownie became so popular that Paul Brown contemplating putting Brownie the Elf onto the side of the uh, the helmets, which at the time were uh, plain orange with a single white stripe. He had his trainer, Leo Murphy, make a few samples and then dismiss the idea. Four years later, Brown jersey numbers were added in Jim Brown's rookie season. Now, Garrett, what do you think about Brownie being on the sides of the helmet? Uh, look, I would. I've been looking for him. I have three or four hats myself with Brownie the Elf, and I'm always looking for them because I just think it looks like so cool. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't in the middle of the field and on the helmet. Absolutely. So the Browns used their Brownie logo beginning in 1946 when the franchise was born as their first and only logo. Brownie's clothes were that of a Brownie. The pointed ears and pointed hat and shoes, that was of a brownie. His brown hair was that of a brownie. Now, how did brownie actually get his name? To be perfectly honest with you, anybody who really knows is long gone. 
But I have a best guess scenario and believe it came from Paul Brown himself. Now, way back, soda pop companies were famous for painting ads on the sides of buildings, which would pay a fee to the building owner. 7-Up, Grapeco, Coca-Cola, Dad's Root Beer, Moxie, and Nehi were famous for this. In Massillon, during the 1940s, for over a decade, there was an ad painted on the side of a building downtown for a root beer named Brownie Caramel Cream Root Beer. The label was red, ivory, and teal with brown letters, and above the, the word brownie was the cartoon of a folklore brownie creature. It's assumed that since Paul Brown worked in Maslon during the time, during this time period, he knew and saw the sign, and it gave him the idea to name the new logo Brownie. Now, originally, he was called Brownie Elf, and then later Brownie the Elf. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it makes too much sense. Um, you, you know, the name Brownie, the, the name Browns with Paul Brown, uh, your best player being Jim Brown in history, your, your, your organization, and then you have Brownie the Elf. Um, that's something um, that, I mean, just it's just it seemingly just it really just flows and it's just really an interesting backstory. Um, did, did Art Modell or, or as time goes on or even the learners, have they ever thought about placing or, or going back to a logo um, in terms of bringing the, the elf back? Or has it been a thing where, you know, after a while they just said they're going to leave the, the Browns without the logo and the helmet? Well, when Art Mobdell became the team owners in 1961, he fired Browning. Um, Modell was completely embarrassed by the elf and hated it so much that in 1962, he completely shelved the iconic emblem. Modell called Brownie childlike and was not going to have his professional football club represented by a kid's cartoon. This is an Art Modell quote. My first official act as owner of the Browns will be to get rid of that little effing elf. Wow. He, he wasn't playing, right? No. Within a week of Modell taking control of the Browns, the lovable Brown of the Elf was spotted in the unemployment line. Um, let, me you, let me ask you this, this question. Um, and in, in, when you talk about the Browns colors, uh, you know, we had the uh, uniforms and, and – and we had uh, a situation where the Browns, you know, kind of went to the new uniforms. They didn't like them. They went back to the old iconic uniforms uh, or a throwback to the iconic uniforms. Um, do you believe that there will ever be any other color, a gray, a, a, something like that ever added to the Browns colors? Or do you believe that 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 uh, color palette will all, and color wave will always be there uh, to signify what the Browns are? Yeah, um, black black seems to be the most popular color with NFL teams. You take like the Philadelphia Eagles. I love their uniforms where they have the the black top, the black pants, and the black socks with that that dark green helmet. That that's a good looking look. But I don't see the Browns ever using black as another color. 
take like the San Francisco 49ers. They added black in the 90s when Carmen Policy was their president as an accent color. Their original logo did not have a black outline. They didn't use black in their stripes on their sleeves, but they added it. And, and mainly what that does is it defines and it outlines things. But I don't see the Browns ever using any other alternate color uh, for anything. They might use that hot pink in October for something, and I even doubt that. Um, but when Brownie came back was when the new Browns and Al Lerner bought the team. He One of his first things that he did is he used – he brought back Brownie the Elf. So from 1962 and to and up till the Browns moved to Baltimore, Brownie didn't return. Uh, he was placed in mouthballs. And when the new franchise came in 1999, uh, the new owner brought the logo back, and it's still being used. Lerner said at the time that Brownie was a great anchor for our tradition and for the look and feel of the Browns. That's a quote. Now, during the 2004 season, images of Brownie appeared on the team's ponchos and equipment trunks. And in 2006, the Browns used images of Brownie the Elf on the 2006 training camp patch, celebrating the the franchise's 60th uh, 60th anniversary, and on the front of their 2006 media guide. And get this, Elf Brownie is also the name of a font. Wow, that is that is amazing, man. Barry, I, I want to thank you so much um, for coming on with uh, with me today, um, and, and thank you for uh, you know just dropping by. Um, uh, once again, Barry is with uh, Dogs by Nature, uh, you know, which is a, a site on SB Nation, uh, and he's also a member of the Professional Football Researchers Association. Um, so you definitely, um, for up to date Browns news and articles, definitely visit dogsbynature.com. Barry, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, I enjoyed my time. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much. Um, We are, uh, thank you so much for him, as always. 